Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Jason? Yes. How are you doing? I know you had a tough week this week. (laughs) Exhausted. But otherwise, I am here. Welcome back. I know we we had some uh, scheduling conflicts last week. We weren't able to actually make the show happen. But we're back with you this week, and we're going to share our thoughts on wrestling this week with you. It sucked. There you go. (laughs) Jason is kind of jaded. Kind (laughs) of. Pretty soon, we're going to so, be on here as the Welcome to the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. We decided to go watch WrestleMania 18 again. Yeah. We've actually talked about that because I think that would actually be fun. Yeah, I think it would be. So, uh, to start off, we do have a bit of a sad uh, moment this week. We had uh, the wrestler Blackjack Mulligan, yep. who passed away this week. Um, I don't remember what they... He was one of the... He was from the seventies, early eighties. Um, was kind of the, uh, the crap. I can't remember the name now. Uh, oh well, yeah. Never mind then. It wasn't that important, <laughs> I suppose. But he's one of the he he is one that you hear a lot of the the wrestlers from the mid nineties, like our Attitude Era wrestlers that that we watched a lot of. Mm-hmm. You know. He falls in that category of them as who they watched when they were growing up. Yeah. You know, like and he, he was backstage uh, for a lot of that, that time period. He was backstage as a producer. He wasn't necessarily a stooge that you saw on screen, but he was one of the guys who was backstage for it. Yeah. So, um, we have a new bourbon this week. What? A new bourbon to drink. Man. And let me tell you what, I kind of cheated. Wow. Is it really cheating? No. I bought it last week, and I didn't save it to try for the first time on the show today. I went ahead and gave it a try. This is one that I just heard about recently, but... When I heard about it, I was like, ooh, I need to give that a try. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think we both le- learned about it at the same place. Yeah, we did. Uh, How to Drink on YouTube mm-hmm. is where I heard about this whiskey, and that is a great show if you want to learn more about just alcohol, drinks, cocktails. Mixology, all that fun stuff. Yeah. It, it, even, if you don't, even if you're not necessarily interested in trying some of them, mm-hmm. he does a good job of presenting everything and making it enjoyable. I was watching one the other day where he was making a blue blazer. Yeah. Where he literally lights this in, in making this cocktail, which is basically scotch and water. Yeah. <laughs> he lights it on fire and then pours it between two mugs. Yes. And just, it's amazing. It looks really cool. It looks really cool. You know, and he's like freaking out the whole time. He's like, don't ever do this at home. He burned his bar doing it because some of it spilled. You know what? It was a lot of fun. It was a really entertaining episode. Go check out How to Drink on YouTube. But in one of his shows, he talked about, sorry about that. He talked about this bourbon. And this bourbon is called Larceny. It is a wheat bourbon a wheated bourbon and he was doing a blind taste test of several different bourbons. One of which was Pappy Van Winkle, which for those out there, if you don't know, that is about a $3,000 a bottle bourbon. Yes. So yeah, when he did this blind taste test, he actually drank the Pappy Put it down, picked up the larceny. Of course, at the time, he didn't know any of this. 
but he tasted larceny. He put the larceny in the winner's circle for about 90% of the show. I think there was a another one that ended up in there. It was not the Pappy. He does not like Pappy. Yeah, it was like number four or five out of oh. the seven that he tried, I think. Yeah. He, but when I heard about this, I was like, ooh, I need to try this larceny. And let me tell you, last week when I tried this, mm-hmm. it was a delicious drink. It is, it is, it is not too strong on the, on the, the alcohol, uh, taste. It's very smooth. It is, uh, 46 alcohol by volume, 92 proof. So it is, like I said, it's a weeded bourbon. It is a Kentucky straight bourbon. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Give it a try. Cheers. Cheers. It is very smooth. It's got a little bit of sizzle. But not just, bad. just enough to to excite your taste buds. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. I, I like and that for forty bottle, forty dollars a bottle. Yeah, I like that one. It, you can't beat it. I like that one a lot. I, this is one of my new favorites. You know, the the Angels MVs up there is a good one. The Four Roses, both the uh, single barrel and just the regular Four Roses, are delicious. But this one, ah, uh, this one might creep, you know, might might creep to the like top that. spot. I do like that. Unlike this week of wrestling, see what I did there? <laughs> I see what you did there. And so let's hop into Monday Night Raw, and we'll go through the Monday Night Raw results. We got like, actually do have quite a bit to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. So. Starting out, we have Big E versus Kevin Owens in a steel cage. Uh, Big E got the win there, because of course he did. Uh, We got uh, Queen Zelina versus Nikki A.S.H., where uh, Zelina got the win. We have the Street Profits versus AJ Styles and Omos. And I think that that one went to no DQ, or uh, not no DQ, but I I think it went to a count out. Um, yeah, he, uh, almost got counted out um, to give the profits the win. We have Damian Priest versus Robert Roode for the U.S. title. Uh, Priest, of course, gets the win there. We have Dewdrop versus Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. where um, Dewdrop gets counted out. To lose the match. We have a Miz TV segment. As the Miz and Edge are building a feud. And I. Sure. As good as both of them are in the ring together on the microphone. I don't want to see Edge facing the Miz. I don't either. I want to see Edge facing Damian Priest. I want to see Edge facing... Uh, Finn Balor. I want to see Edge facing these guys that he didn't have the opportunity to wrestle 10 years ago. And I'm fairly certain that we've seen Edge versus Miz before. I think we have. Um, and I'll talk about this a little more once we get into like our actual discussions. Yeah. There's a couple things I want to talk about on it. Yeah, we have the Mysterios versus the Alpha, Alpha Academy. Um, where... The Mysterios get the win, but it was via roll-up, and of course Alpha Academy is big mad. Um, Bring back Otis. Bring back Otis. Yeah, this isn't working. Like everything in WWE at the moment. We have Finn Balor versus T-Bar, where Finn Balor gets the win. Um, Austin Theory came out and attacked Balor afterwards. To take a selfie with him, trying to impress Vince McMahon. Hate it. And we have Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan for the Raw Women's Championship. This was a main event of the evening, and it was almost thirty minutes long too. And which it was, I thought was really cool, decent. Uh, this was really good. Becky cheated to win. Becky cheated to win, which is great. I, you know, Becky's a heel. She's you a expect heel. that. You expect it exactly. And. Really, knowing that we have this uh, pay-per-view coming up yeah, day, day one, one, day one, 
you know that they're not going to let anything happen right now to upset that. We're going to see Liv versus Becky at day one, I'm almost sure. Probably. They'll, they'll find a way to set that up. The first show, the first match of the night, like I said, was Kevin Owens versus Big E. We had Seth Rollins at ringside, and he interfered in the match a few times. Following that, you had Bobby Lashley come out and lay out all three of them. Yep. So we're we're setting up so that Bobby Lashley can be added to that triple threat match to make it a fatal so, yeah. four way. And I have ideas on what's going to happen on SmackDown too. But between Raw and SmackDown, there was AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Jason. So we had Dynamite start off with CM a uh, CM Punk promo where he actually was kind of a heel uh, during this promo. Uh, healed on uh, Long Island as a whole, as opposed to MJF, but kind of a little bit different. It was normal. I'm happy to be here. This was more of a, you people are uh, chicken shits, is what he said at one point. So, there you go. Well, to the crowd, not in ring work or anything, to the crowd in Long Island, MJF was a baby face. Yeah. I mean, that's where he's from. So, so they they played that up. They switched it up. Yeah. MJF played the baby face as far as crowd work. In ring work, he was still the heel. And CM Punk. Played the heel. Yep. We had the uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal to determine who's going to face each other next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday, rather, for uh, the actual ring. We had Lee Moriarty, Will Hobbs, Matt Hardy, Jay Lethal, Ricky Starks, Leo Rush, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, Wardlow, Frankie Kazarian, MJF, and Matt Seidel were all participants. Um, it ended up when it was kind of a... a, a, a double backstab moment because the the final saw MJF eliminating Wardlow and Dante Martin eliminated Ricky Starks and left Team Taz even though he just joined Team Taz but he really didn't join Team Taz so they have a contract sure whatever Um, Taz was adamant in saying that they had a contract that he signed a contract so we're gonna see MJF versus Dante Martin next week for the ring uh it's time to get the ring off of MJF. He's had it twice in a row now. He doesn't need it a third time. Uh, Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes fought the Acclaimed and 2.0, uh, where Jurassic Express and the Blondes won, uh, which you would hope, considering that Jurassic Express is the only main show tag team that was involved in any of that. So there you are. Uh, the Best Friends took on the Super Click of uh, the Best Friends being uh, Chuck Taylor. Uh, Rocky Romero and uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, yeah. My brain just completely blanked there it's, for a minute. It's cool. Um, and of course, then versus Young Bucks and Adam Cole. Uh, Bucks and Cole won, and I believe this is where Trent returned. Trent did return. It yep. was amazing. Sue drove him out yep. in the in the in, in the, the van, van. and yep. I one hundred percent was on my feet cheering for that. Yes. Uh, we then had Rio versus Jamie Hayter, where Rio won. Yeah. And then the uh, main event was Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, rather, versus John Silver, because it's Long Island. Silver's there from there. Brian continuing to say, you know, he's going to kick people's heads in. Of course, Danielson won. You know. And that was Rampage. Uh, we'll talk about that later, too. Uh, moving on. Not Rampage, Dynamite. Yeah, that was dynamite. Moving on to WWE SmackDown. I don't know why I said it like that. But. Why not? <laughs> it needs something to spice it up because it's flat. We started out SmackDown with Sami Zayn coming down to the ring with two male um, nurses, orderlies, orderlies yeah. uh, to and he's he's in a wheelchair. His neck is in a um, he's in a neck brace because last week. He challenged Roman Reigns for the championship, and before the match, Brock Lesnar hit him with a couple F5s and some suplexes, and then he got the spear and all that from Roman to lose his championship opportunity. So, of course, he's crying about the conspiracy and him wanting his opportunity and saying he's going to sue. Paul Heyman comes down, takes over, uh, Sammy starts to stand up very shakily, still selling the injuries. Brock Lesnar comes down. Paul Heyman 
actually hypes Brock Lesnar because Brock and Sammy had this whole, we're both Canadians and we're going to go do something together. And Paul Heyman's like, what the hell am I seeing? Right. And, and he went into his spiel of what Brock Lesnar used to be, you know, the reigning defending, you know, and that hyped Brock up to where he laid out both of the quote unquote orderlies and Sammy Afterwards, he's interviewed, I think, by Kayla, and Brock says, oh, don't talk, don't ask me, ask my advocate, yeah. Paul Heyman. Right. So that, you know, that all happened. We have Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus Los Lotharios, um, where Nakamura and uh, Boogs defeated Los Lotharios. We also get... Uh, we also have Xavier Woods receiving his new crown. I feel like it's themed after a video game, but I don't know it what was, video it's game. It's made with the finest unicorn horns from across <laughs> the land. Uh, it is absurd and amazing, and I love it. Uh, we have Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Drew went up to Adam Pierce before the match and wanted to have words with him, and Pierce was like, I didn't make the the uh, the over the top battle royal the other couple weeks ago. Now that was uh, um, Sonya. Sonya, thank you. I had Shayna, and I knew that wasn't right. So that was Sonya. So up, it is trash. So Sonya and uh, Adam are kind of blaming each other for this, and Drew McIntyre is is mad. They wouldn't allow Drew to take his sword out to the to the ring, so he put it through the desk. Adam Pierce couldn't pull the sword out. It was kind of a funny little segment. Like, you know, it's just stupid, but funny. Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, where McIntyre defeats Sheamus. Uh, we have Naomi versus Sonya Deville in the debut of Zia Lee. One, Zia Lee is the smallest person in the ring with yes. <laughs> Sonya Deville, Shayna Baszler, yep. <laughs> Natty, and Naomi. Yes. <laughs> but man, they were sure talking her up on commentary. Oh, they were trying. And I I was laughing the entire time. Yeah. Like, I have nothing against Siley. I think she's very talented. I think that there is a spot for her in WWE. This protector gimmick that they've given her? Yeah. I, it's funny. Yes. That's, that's the only thing I have for it. That match went to no contest. It was supposed to be Naomi versus uh, Sandra, uh, Sonya. But it went to no contest. We're going to get Naomi versus Sonya at day one. They just haven't announced that yet. We have Tony Storm versus Charlotte Flair, um, where Storm defeated Flair via disqualification and I believe earning her an opportunity at Flair's title, I think, at day one. We have a triple threat tag team match. This one was kind of an interesting one. We have New Day versus the Usos. Versus RK Bro. Now, of those teams that I mentioned to you, who do you think was the person in the ring most getting beat up on? Matt Riddle. Uh, you're absolutely right. It was Matt Riddle, which actually kind of surprised me. But Matt Riddle spent the most time in the ring getting beat up and destroyed. And to, in the match, the New Day actually defeated both teams. Randy Orton hit an RKO, but managed to get tagged out. And New Day came in and stole the one. Uh, I'm there for it. It was fun. It was enjoyable. And that was SmackDown. Of course, then we roll right to Rampage. We kick off with the Lucha Bros versus FTR for the AEW titles. Lucha Bros win. We had Ruby Soho, uh, Taya Conti, and Anna Jay versus Penelope Ford, The Bunny, and Nyla Rose. We're Nyla Rose's team one. Uh, and then we had Fuego Del Sol versus a mystery competitor, which was Hook, uh, where Hook wins. Was it even a, a, a mystery competitor? I think it was Hook the entire time. I think they were hyping the, the debut of Hook. Yeah, maybe they were. For some reason, I was thinking that it was more of a, you know, kind of a, a, a mystery type thing, but I could be wrong there. Um, I'm, I feel like they, they hyped it starting Wednesday. They hyped that it gotcha. was Hook. It was Hook's debut. Uh, we then had Yuta Wheeler versus Adam Cole. 
uh, Adam Cole. That that was it. So now you you may like Let's. I said, uh, there is one thing I do want to talk about real quick before we move on to like talking about the shows. Uh, Jeff Hardy was released. Yeah, I was going to say WWE had another round of releases. Um, this time it was Jeff Hardy. Apparently at a house show last Saturday. Saturday, um, he was in a tag team match. He during the middle of the match got down, went through the crowd, and was then escorted from the building by security. So it was said that he had a rough day. That he was suspended by WWE on Sunday. Um. There's no confirmation that from, he was drunk or high. Right. From the knowing his history and and the between the lines context that was given, it was well, heavily implied that he was that he has relapsed. From the rumoring that's been going on yeah. uh, a bit, the fact was WWE suspended him. They then offered to pay for rehab, all that stuff like they always do, mm-hmm. and he refused it, which is why they released him. Yeah. Um, I hope the best for Jeff. I really do. Uh, he is an amazing talent and has been for decades at this point. Um, it really sucks to see it. You know, but that is the clause of addiction, I suppose, right? It, it is the clause of addiction, and it, it, it sucks to see it because I think this is going to be Jeff's last run in WWE. I don't think that they ever bring him back. Yeah, I don't I don't see him ever in WWE again. Now, um, he's in his early to mid 40s now. Uh so he's in the twilight of his career. Yep. I could see him ending up in AEW in kind of a a once-off type thing, maybe a twice-off, you know, not necessarily signed as an AEW competitor by any means. But I could see him showing up at some point. What with the whole Matt Hardy doing his thing, well, uh, and, and well, Matt has here. Matt has released a Matt sent a tweet out, yep. um, saying something about Extreme, and, yep. and he spelled it like Team Extreme with the X at the beginning. Because I'll say, uh, I'll say this: Broken Matt Hardy was fantastic in TNA. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. As uh, Ditchweed, Ditchweed, yeah, Willow. Ditchweed, 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 Willow. There were a couple other co- things that he used. Um, Brother, Brother Nero. Nero. Those really helped push that broken universe. Um, their fights with Decay were amazing. Mm. I could see a possibility of Hardy com- Jeff coming in. Because this this Hardy family office thing is dumb as hell. Well, and it's it also hinted out, out okay, but it's dumb. Jeff, or I'm sorry, Matt also hinted that uh, he may be done with the uh, big money Matt. And he might right. be going more towards just being Matt Hardy. Which, okay, I'm fine with. Let's see Matt Hardy. Matt wants to go out as himself, maybe. Uh, yeah. I could do that. You know, he wants to go out himself. Maybe he wants to set up now that they're back in front of crowds. Maybe he's ready to uh, re-debut the Broken Universe uh, and, and go back into Broken Matt, which I'm fine with too. I could see uh, what would be a real fun storyline, I think. Mm-hmm. Matt ends up broken again, right? So we have a, a very short, very short, two, three months tops. Broken Matt issue where we, we get inside the mind of Matt Hardy. Matt starts seeing Jeff, but we have nobody else recognize that Jeff is there. Mm-hmm. Jeff doesn't wrestle. You know, Jeff's just in the backstage segments, that kind of stuff, and he shows up as Jeff. He shows up as Itchweed. He shows up as Willow. He shows up as Brother Nero. You know, he, Matt's going through his, his his broken universe thing, and at the very end of this, after about three months of it, Matt comes out in Matt Hardy gear as Team Extreme. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff shows up. And it brings everything full circle. Too bad Lita's a legend with uh, WWE. They could bring her in for a couple of shots. Uh, it would g- be give, fun. give WWE a month. They'll release her for some right. reason. 
Um, it would be it would be entertaining to me just to see that, and then let Matt Hardy go, let Matt and Jeff go ahead and retire. Because, like I said, they've been at this now for 30 years. Easily. Almost. You know, or getting uh, close to 30. I think they came in the mid-90s. They, they came in, I think, I think 98. 97, 98, I think it was 98. So not quite 30 years yet. Yeah. Just just over 20. 20, 20 plus. But, I mean, you know, they wrestled, especially early on in their career, a very high-impact, high dangerous, dangerous style. style. So. They are both destroyed physically. And, and that I don't, I'm not, not taking anything away from them. They both... Are as, you know, they're as good once as they always were. But, yeah, they, they, they both are in the twilight of their careers. Easily, yeah. And I think Jeff was recently being talked about how he might could have another championship run in him. Yeah, they were talking that that was being but discussed. With his apparent relapse mm-hmm. and his unwillingness to say yes to rehab. Which is, I think, all it would have taken. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, think that they would have let him go. I think I they would think have they sent would him have. to they would him to rehab, rehab and brought and him back and 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 used him because Jeff is an attraction. Yeah, Jeff is a draw, pure and simple. And you know, I went back today. I was showing my girlfriend. We were talking about it and talking about how he was released. And I showed her the 2011 Victory Road incident. Where it was Whoa. Jeff versus Sting, Sting yeah. and mm. the match consisted of a couple punches, and then Sting hitting Scorpion Death Drop, and, rolling Jeff up, and, and holding him down, pinning him. Yeah. Um. And then with the, the the best part of that whole match though was the crowd chanting "This is bullshit," and the camera following Sting up the ramp and Sting and replying, says, "Yeah, I know, I, I, I agree." agree. <sighs> I wish the best for Jeff. I'm a fan yeah. of Jeff Hardy, but with that being said, he needs help. He needs help. He needs to get the help. And if getting the help means that he can't come back to the ring yeah, so because be he, you know, is it the pain? Is it the injuries? The, 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 uh, no, the stuff, no, the scars most of this stuff has been an addiction to somas and stuff like that. Alcohol, and soma, alcohol, you know. all that. So, yeah. If that means that he doesn't need to be in the ring anymore because of those issues and those that pain driving him towards yep. towards these these addictions. Mm-hmm. Please exactly. please, Jeff, retire. Retire. Re- get retire, help. retire. Get the help something. you need. Please. Uh do both if you need to, because Man, I I don't want to start an episode of whiskey and wrestling and have to at least anytime soon. Yeah, and have, have to, to talk see. about yeah, talk about you because yeah. Um, uh, there was a couple other. Um, I'm going to use the term releases this week, even though they weren't really releases. They were contract uh, expire. Yeah, and that was two actually fairly big names. Johnny Gargano. And Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Both of their contracts expired Tuesday night or Wednesday thereabout. Yeah, I think Kyle, let's see. I think it was uh, Johnny Gargano's actually expired like the 1st of December, but he signed an extension. Through... I think they had both signed extensions through War Games. Okay. I, uh, I was thinking I'd read somewhere that one of them had signed an extension. The other one expired like the night of War Games type thing. Yeah, but either way, they they both showed up. They were on, both through War Games, and then they both showed up on NXT. I, I read what happened. I did not watch it. Both of them were set up for storylines continuing in NXT, mm-hmm. but I think that that is more of a WWE hoping that they'll come back and and setting them up in case because as of uh, as recently as this morning. There hasn't been any rumors yeah, right. of either one of them re-signing. They're both in talks. I can see Johnny taking time off. Yeah, Candice well, is going to give birth in, in February. His, he even mentioned that in his promo. Yeah, Candice is giving birth in February. I Johnny's just going to take some time. I think. I think Johnny takes um, six months, nine months, something like that. Yeah, be with his kid, his wife, all that. And then, um, if he comes back. He either 
re-signs with WWE, goes to like SmackDown or Raw or something like that, and you know comes back as the Rebel Heart, or he signs and goes to AEW or New Japan or or something of that nature. Which he apparently in War Games he came out to Rebel Heart. He did. He did. So, um, and then at NXT, Ciampa came out after the show, and they sat in the ring and did the DIY thing. So yeah. this really feels like a. Uh, Goodbye for Johnny Gargano. Yeah, it was a farewell. Yeah. And it was a hope to see you later. But Johnny Gargano knows, especially with this new direction of NXT 2.0, there is not a spot for him at the top of the card. He does not match what WWE is looking for right now. He isn't. He, he is an indie darling, and that's not what they want. And so I could see Johnny going to Impact. I could see him. I could see him showing up in Impact. I sure. could see him showing up maybe in AEW. Maybe, but I don't know. I, I think Kyler Riley shows up in AEW. Oh, absolutely. Because I think, I think it, he takes a bit of time. I think we start a a storyline of Adam Cole and Bobby Fish, kind of moving away from. The elite, you know, maybe they start getting into a little bit of a, a yaya back and forth type situation, and then you end up with this uh, young bucks, and maybe when Kenny comes back or something like that, or Cutler or, or whoever, right? You end up with three man there, and they say, and Cole says something like, "Oh, I definitely have a third man. You just wait." And you do that whole bucks come out, then you have Cole come out, then you have Fish come out, and then you have O'Reilly come out. Yeah. And that would blow the roof off. Oh, it absolutely would. Kyle O'Reilly is a star. Yeah. Uh, he is a future champion somewhere. Yep. Like I said, I can see Dark. I can see Gargano making some appearances in AEW. What I think I'd like to see with AEW going forward is not necessarily a signed person every. You know that they're there every week. Right. But short-term contracts for some of these guys to come in and just be there once or twice off and on throughout the year to yeah. where we can have some interesting stories be told, but that they go back to, <coughs> you know, they're not there every week. And what are we doing do, with them every week? Even if you do a per-show basis, yeah, you know, like, I feel like AEW could get away with that because they have the heart of an indie promotion. Mm-hmm. You could get away with your people like um, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, would be a, a name that I would want to see, you know, on a, on a weekly type basis. But, like, let's say Johnny doesn't want it. You know, let's say Johnny wants to spend more time with Candace and the kid, right? You could do something with him where, hey, look, you know, we, we need you to show up for this or this. Um, we want to put you in the, the Casino Chip Royal Battle Royal. Uh, whatever the case may be, we'll pay you X dollars for this appearance and then X dollars for appearance on Dynamite the night after or something like that. You know? Yeah. Um, I really think you could, you could make, they could make some major headway that way. Let these wrestlers that we know that may not necessarily have a spot right now in AEW because they've just got too many storylines going on. But hey, we can have you show up for this. We can have you show up for that. Hell, get the cheap pop out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt. Have Bray Wyatt show up for three dynamites or something. Maybe Bray shows up and that's what knocks Je Matt Hardy back into broken Matt. I was I was thinking you know. that earlier when you when you were booking it, and I didn't want to interrupt yeah. your booking, but Bray coming out and, and just a nothing more than just a face off between the two of them. Yeah. To where, not even a, a true face-off, Matt's sitting in the crowd like he has been recently, Yeah, and and Bray just looks at him, and just looks at him for a minute, and you just see Matt just kind of stand there and then go into a trance. Yeah. And like, and then nothing else is said it. or done about it. You know, Bray shows up for three or four Dynamites, that's it, you know, and maybe has one match. Maybe he wrestles Matt once, and that's the final, that, that finalizes the falling apart of Matt Hardy. And you spread it out, Bray shows up in, say, February. Then you have 
all of February and March where the HFO is trying to talk, is trying to figure out what's going on with Matt because Matt starts acting weird. And then end of March, Bray shows up again. And then April, uh, they have a match. And at the end of the match is when Matt breaks. Then Bray can go off and do whatever Bray does, right? Yeah. Now you bring in a Jeff Hardy, possibly. You know, you know I, I would kind of like three to, or four matches. Yeah. I would actually kind of like to see, we, we've seen that these deals, these intercompany promotions, they, they can work together. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've seen it with impact. We've seen it with, um, uh, NWA and with new Japan. I would like to see Bray Wyatt. And I'm, I'm just going to use Bray specifically because I think it would work for him. Wyndham. Let me, let me Wyndham, I think it would work for the character to where he's not necessarily on dynamite. He shows up at the different promotions and he's going after guys and he's just doing his thing, but he's the same character with the same goals across all these promotions. And you never know when he's going to show up and he's just there to wreak havoc and eat worlds and you know, that would be cool to me. Um, let's talk about the Sonya Deville stuff, whether we want to or not. If I go back to when they first started this program, I was digging it. Me too. The problem with this program is that it has gone on too long. It's gone on too long, and it's become over. Yes. This could have been a great story that was told of Sonya Deville versus Naomi. You know, Naomi having uh, problems mm -hmm. with Sonya. Sonya having problems with Naomi. Sonya abusing her position of power till the point where, since he's back on screen, why not? Naomi goes up to Vince and says, this isn't right. I want a piece of her. And Vince goes, well, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And he gives this match to Naomi. And it goes for a couple of weeks where Sonya's trying to duck it. You mm -hmm. know, um, she comes out with a hurt knee. Oh, I can't wrestle. So, you know, I've as my position as authority with SmackDown, I've nominated Shayna to be my representative. Yeah. You know? But after a couple matches, she tries to pull that again. And then you just hear, no chance, you know. And Vince comes out, big pop, Vince on SmackDown, right? Mm -hmm. And Vince says, this isn't how this is going to be. I'm postponing this match until insert next pay-per-view where it'll be in uh, a steel cage or hell in a cell or whatever the case may be, right? And then we have Naomi versus Sonya. And you can do that across three months. And then we have right. Sonya back in and wrestling. At this um, point. This is stupid now. At this point, day one is coming up. We've mentioned it a couple times yep. already. That is when the match needs to happen. It yep. needs to be Sonya versus Naomi. I don't need to see Shayna Baszler. I don't need to see Natty. I don't even need to see Zia Lee involved. No. This needs to be Sonya versus Naomi. Naomi needs to carry the match. Mm -hmm. Sonya wins by cheating. We get Sonya back in the ring. You have Adam Cole or somebody, not Cole, uh, Pierce. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's too many Adams. <laughs> but you have Adam Pierce or Vince, since Vince is on Raw now or, or, or something, who's like, no, we don't need you in WWE authority anymore. Yeah. you're back to wrestling and, and end that because now they're doing the exact same basic story with Drew McIntyre yeah. where somebody in the authority has a problem with Drew. Right. It's dumb. It's, and it's, it's just not, not, I won't say it's dumb. It's overplayed. Yeah. WWE creative has four stories that they just rotate through. You know what? I'm not going to put this on creative. I'm going to put this on Bruce Pritchard and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Well, when I say creative, 
That's what I mean. Yes, WWE has a creative team and they write stuff. And then you hear that damn near every time they write something, uh, the Monday at 4 o'clock before Raw starts, it's ripped up. Or, you know, Friday morning before SmackDown, Vince has sent a 20-page revision. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. That makes no sense with the story that's being told, but it's what Vince or Bruce want. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's what happens, and we end up seeing the exact same matches week after week after week, and they wonder why AEW became so popular so quickly. Yep. Oh, speaking of like we're talking about Vince here. Some a, a little p- tidbit of news that came out uh, this week. Apparently, you know, we've always talked about, you know, once Vince abdicates the throne, you know, you'll have probably be Stephanie or or Triple H that's going to run WWE, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is apparently not the case. Um, the next person in line to be the CEO of WWE is Nick Khan. For now. For now, uh, obviously, obviously it's WWE. Everything could change tomorrow on the capricious whims of an almost 80-year-old man. See, my, but, my problem with the, the next person in line to be in charge is Nick Khan. Yeah. If Stephanie wants it, mm-hmm. if Paul wants it, if Linda wants it, when Vince dies... Yeah. Short of them selling the company, short of him selling the company before he dies, well, see, short of him selling all of his stock in the company, they will inherit all of his stock, and they, between they do, them, but here's have the a controlling interest here's in the, the company. Problem with that, yeah, they inherit his stock. They get they'll they'll end up at like I think it's fifty three point something percent interest. Sure, you, you have the the controlling interest. WWE is a publicly traded company still. That has a board of directors. It has all of that kind of stuff. Um, that does not breed shareholder confidence. If suddenly they come in and start making these changes, who says they do it suddenly? Well, like they're they're both. <laughs> what I mean is, you know, nepotism is fine in a privately traded company, or in a mom and pop style company. I feel like if even with the controlling interest and everything, if it goes to Stephanie or Linda, because it would go to Linda realistically. Um, Linda, I'm sure, would want nothing to do with it, considering she has political aspirations and all that kind of stuff that she's dealing Does with. Does she still have political aspirations? Yeah, I think so. But, um, you know, since she has all that going on, I don't think she would have any interest in WWE other than, hey, that's where my money comes from. Um I could see Stephanie or Triple H taking over. However, Triple H seems to be kind of run out of anything right now. Well, mixture part of, of his health. I, I was going to say part of that is his health. I think part of it's his health, and part of it is what they consider the failure of NXT versus AEW. Um. So yeah, I I think that's temporary. Though I feel like. And it may be, honestly, it may be. But I feel like as if Vince leaves or steps down, WWE will be run by somebody that is not a McMahon. That is my my put out there. You, and when I say not a McMahon, I, Stephanie is a McMahon. Paul, uh, Triple H is a McMahon for all intents and purposes. And yeah, he's you know. part of the McMahon family. Let you know, make no mistake about that. Uh, I think. I understand what you're saying, and to a point, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I I think maybe not a direct successor to Vince would be Triple H or Stephanie, or even Shane. I'm I'm gonna throw Shane out there, even though Shane hasn't done nothing with back office since he came back, and uh, and now Shane's he's stepped away, yeah. and now he's stepped away again, and he's doing his thing with uh, another company. Shane, of the three of them. Shane would have the claim to it for being the oldest son, obviously. I mean, we're looking at... We're, are, are we are we a monarchy now? <laughs> Vince McMahon is an 80-year-old man. This is a monarchy. 
but I, I think I just don't see it though, man. I no. don't. Not in the not in the business climate of today. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, and I'm not wishing death on on Vince. Don't right. don't. When I say we'll see, don't get me wrong. Vince may outlive us all because I could see him being that stubborn of an individual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think I, I really think Triple H is going to come back. When he gets his health all figured out, he gets his heart, he you know, he recovers from his heart surgery. And he's shown that he knows how to build compelling television. Yep. I think NXT went to NXT 2.0, and I think that they did it with Triple H at a time when they knew he wasn't at his best. Because I think if Triple H had been at his best and been able to stick around... I don't know that NXT 2.0 ends up being what NXT 2.0 oh, is. I, I think you are 100% wrong in that. I'm not saying that we wouldn't get NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think Triple I think H are, still has mm-mm. some play yeah. in it, and I think he... I think you are 100% wrong there. Uh, fair uh, enough. When Vince turned his eye to NXT, and I this is and, and this was before you know Triple H was really in a medical issue, right? Mm-hmm. When NXT lost to AEW. And it I think Vince's thought process there is this is the same kind of wrestling. You know, it's the independent style, uh the not WWE style. When that happened and NXT couldn't carry the torch, I think Vince was done with NXT at that point. And everybody involved, even Triple H, Sean, the whole thing. It, but it was done with them. According and, to Sean, Matt Bloom, Triple H, Sean, the yeah. team that Triple H built, they're still the ones running it down there. Yeah, they're and they are running putting it towards. Oh, sorry, they're, they're they're pushing it towards Vince's they are desires. It, but they I think are Triple H under the direction of Vince McMahon, they have been given a sheet that says. This is how this will work. Make it happen. Between Vince and uh, Nick Khan and all of those, they have been given the, if you deviate from this, we will end you. And that's why it is hot garbage. And And I haven't watched it it in months. Yeah. Now, you know, we we can disagree. I think we can agree to disagree on that. Um. Let's turn our attention towards day one. Okay. And and let's talk about the WWE championship. So we have Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens yep. versus Big E. Mm-hmm. And it looks 100% like we're going to add Bobby Lashley into there. Possibly. I don't even think it's possible. I think it's 100% Monday night he's being added to the... <laughs> That's a... I, I agree. That's fair. <laughs> so, we have a fatal four-way for the WWE Championship. Do they add for the Universal Championship, which is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, does Sami Zayn get added in there to take the pin? Maybe. Um... I think it is more apt that Sammy somehow causes Lesnar to lose. Okay. Because I I just don't think they're ready to take the belt off Roman, even though they should at this point. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they're ready for it yet. Day one is a Nick Khan creation. So this will be the first time I think we see a Nick Khan pay-per-view, whether he has anything with the booking or not. He wants this to be another big show. Yeah. He wants this to be another SummerSlam, another WrestleMania, another Royal Rumble. So do they... They're already going with a fatal four-way on one. I, I, I'm... See, I don't think... I don't think they... they I don't think they muddy the water like that. We got a fatal four way for one of them. I think between Fox and everything else, I think that they leave 
the Roman versus Brock as Roman versus Brock. And this that is had, this is that carries. And look, I'm seeing this from a point of view of I like triple threats. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like fatal four ways. Sometimes I'm not Jay. You know, uh, no, from Rogue's Cast Radio. Yeah, um, yeah, our friends over at Rogue's Cast Radio I, I, who I, hates who hates <laughs> all multi man matches like that, no matter how good they are. Um, you know, I think that stays as the marquee match. Brock Lesnar versus the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, and either we see Sammy get involved and cost Brock, or we see Heyman switch. I could see that. I could see Heyman switching, costing Roman, and now we can move Roman back towards the face because what big face does SmackDown have? Drew. That's the McIntyre. Okay. Who has been completely ignored for the most part, stuck in mid card no, helicopter. No, no, he hasn't even been ignored. He has been actively kept out yes. of the title picture. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we I think we could see Roman maybe moving back face. All all rumoring was this was not supposed to go on this long. Roman was supposed to turn heel, get the belt, keep it for around six months, then drop it and then go back to being a face just so that they could say, see, we made him a heel, you know. But it um, worked as but it worked, everybody, so going. literally everybody, everybody was telling them, turn him heel, yep. turn him yep. heel. And yes, I want to see him come back to being a face. This match is supposed to be another big series between Roman and Brock. I don't want to see... Paul turn on Roman. I don't either, but because I think that's probably where I we're going. Like this Brock Lesnar, I do too. But I think that's where we're going. This Brock Lesnar is entertaining. Even if we see Paul turn on Roman, now they could do it, and it could be interesting. Paul turns on Roman. Brock wins. Heyman gets in the ring to celebrate. Yay, we defeated Roman. Blah blah blah, and then eats an F five when Brock Lesnar says. I didn't need your help, and I don't need you. Yeah. And now Paul Heyman has betrayed Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar has told him, mm, you're unnecessary. Then we see Paul Heyman and Sammy. I love that your <laughs> mind went to say because I'm sitting here thinking the whole time, Paul joined Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and really amps up the conspiracy theory stuff for a while. Because that's getting stale. It needs something fresh with it, right? Um, That could be cool. The WWE Championship of Seth, Big E, Kevin Owens, and probably Bobby Lashley, uh, KO's eating that pin and then leaving. So, yeah, here's here's the news. Both Sammy and Kevin's contracts are coming up. And apparently the point of them being in in these programs is that WWE recognizes the name value of both of them mm-hmm. and is doing everything they can to show them that they care about them and that they want them to stick around. Yes. Because let's face it, AEW gobbles up both of them as soon as they're free yeah. if they can. If if Kevin Owens' contract ends on January 10th, I would be completely shocked if on the very next Rampage or next Dynamite, he didn't show up. I feel like that'll be an Adam Cole-style thing, where Cole's contract ended, and within a couple of weeks, Cole was in the building. Yeah. Kevin Owens will be the same way. Kevin Owens shows up. If his contract ends on January 10th, and let's say that's a Tuesday, just because oh, I'm not looking for I didn't even think about. Kevin Steen shows up. That Wednesday. This is something I didn't even think about. Kevin Steen shows up on Dynamite, and he is the catalyst that causes the the friction between the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, and he becomes the fourth member. Uh, instead of doing the uh, Mount Rushmore wrestling, mm-hmm. he joins Cole and Fish and O'Reilly. And they form a new undisputed style, an undisputed era, uh, without using that term because that's trademark. That would be fun, I think. I, I think so too. That would be great. Uh, Sami Zayn 
shows up somewhere. I, I think AEW tries to get him because I think. See, I don't know. And I say that because Sammy is awesome. Mm-hmm. Sammy was great in Ring of Honor. Sammy was great independently. Sammy never got name recognition in WWE. He was never given the choice. He got some he got some some good chops in NXT, and then he came up to the main roster and they shit all over him. Um so to me, Sammy doesn't pull as much weight. He's every bit as good as Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. but he doesn't pull as much weight as Kevin Owens. I'll give that to you. Um, so I don't know if Sammy would show up other than maybe a once-off, or I could see Sammy hitting uh, TNA, though. Definitely. He ends up in one of those two. Yeah. Uh, definitely ends in one of those. The Indisputable Age. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, but yeah. Yes, I did just go to thesaurus.com <laughs> to look up, look it up. Cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon. I can't even, thank you. I cannot get the word out of my mouth uh, to see what I could come up with. But yeah, no, I, yeah, it's one of those things. Do they re-sign? Because a guy like Kevin Owens is not going to have to worry about being released. And a guy like Kevin Owens is. Well, I don't know. A guy like Kevin Owens isn't going to have to worry about being released. Let's go ask Braun Strowman how that works. Kevin has shown that he works, though. Mm-hmm. Braun, as much as I like him, as much as I'm shocked by his release, he is, I don't, whether face or heel, he is kind of one note. Yeah, Kevin Owens, they can stick in anywhere, and he can have a feud in the middle of the card, he can feud at the top of the card, you're, you're, and I buy him You are everywhere. right in the fact that Kevin Owens is way more flexible than Braun Strowman is. Kevin Owens is also not the look of WWE. I agree. So, But I also think if I'm a WWE talent like a Kevin Owens, and I have the kind of name pool that Kevin Owens has, my contract with WWE is going to come with penalties for WWE for yeah. releasing me early yep. and we we could talk about the idea of, of unionizing in well, wrestling i think uh, but it starts i think this way well tony khan made the comment that wwe wrestlers don't have contracts no they don't he called that out yeah you know and really and truly he's right they don't have a contract because they have a a very one-sided agreement that says <laughs> We can get rid of you whenever we want, but you can't do anything outside of us. Yeah. And I think WWE is going to see their foreign talent dry up because if they fire, I'm going to use Tony Storm for an example. Say they fire Tony Storm. She has 90 days to get out of the country. Yeah. Well, look at what they did with the Iconics, with Jonah, mm-hmm. with Tegan. Uh, Tegan. Uh, There was the other girl uh, who didn't make, you know, she never was a whole lot in WWE. uh, um, Hispanic girl. I cannot think of her name right off the top of my head. But she had, she was an NXT talent. She had 30 days. Yeah. And at the end of that 30 days, she had to go back to Argentina. I think it was Argentina. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I'm a foreign wrestler, and yeah, WWE might be my dream. Let's not lie. WWE is the dream for a lot of wrestlers. I think that could be changing with AEW. I think it's rapidly changing, but I don't think it's changed yet. But WWE is the dream for a lot of these guys and gals. And But if I'm a foreign talent and I'm looking at what's happened with Tegan, what's happened with Jonah, the Iconics, and, and all the people you're we just me, said. You're telling me to pick up my life. Mm-hmm. You're gonna You're giving me a five-year contract. All right, or a three-year contract, or whatever. And I have to pick up my entire life, move to America. But there's a possibility that after I've bought a house, after I've settled in, after life has become routine, getting used to America, you're just going to walk up to me one day and go, we really don't have anything for you. Um, you're fired. Thank you for your service. Yeah. And now I've been here six months, a year into this contract where I was planning to be here for five years. And now you're telling me after a year, um, hey, we think you're great, but um, we got nothing for you. Bye. And, you know, let's not even look at 
things like buying a house. In general, mm-hmm. most apartments that you rent require a year At commitment. Least a year's lease, six yeah. to six months to a year commitment. So now to get out of that, I either have to continue paying for each month or I have to pay a penalty, paying which could month. be each month's rent. Paying for each month while I don't have a job. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to WWE. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not without some kind of guarantee. And if I'm a guy like Kevin Owens, who has some name recognition and who is all but guaranteed a job. Yeah. I am putting penalties in. I'm saying, look, I appreciate the offer. I want to continue working here. I enjoy it. But if you release me, you're paying me my full contracted amount. Yeah. Within, and and I'm not signing a 90 day non-compete. I'll sign a 30 day non-compete. They get paid for that while they're out. But if, but I'm not, if if they're going to do what they've been doing, I'm not signing. I'm going to be like, I'll sign a 30 day. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm fine with a 30 day, 30 day, but I'm not signing a 90 day because I'm not doing 90 and I'm, I'm getting guaranteed money like in football. Yeah. Right. I'm going to sign a contract football players sign contracts. The good ones, at least that guarantees money. Hey, you're going to sign a hundred million dollar contract. 60 of it, 60 million of it is guaranteed money. Yeah. The other 40 is going to be performance based. Cool. I get that. WWE has a similar, Hey, you get paid X number of dollars a year plus X number of dollars for the shows plus X number of dollars for uh, pay-per-views. Cool. Here's what's going to happen. If you release me, everything that you guarantee me as my salary, you will pay me within 30 days and I'm free and clear. And my merchandise sales is not going to be included in that guarantee. Exactly. That is going to be a separate arrangement. My merchandise sales, any of my, like if I'm a Twitch star or any of that kind of stuff, all of that, this, these are all separate contracts that we're going to deal with. Because we we go back and and we don't talk about Ryback a whole lot because he's Ryback and Ryback. But one of the things that he said about WWE when he was released is, yeah, he got his guarantee, but it was, his merchandise sales. Yeah. That for the last X amount of days that he was with WWE, he didn't receive a whole lot of money because it was all yeah. his merchandise sales. And so that is going to be a separate deal that has nothing to do with my performance mm-hmm. agreement. Yep. And if I'm Kevin Owens, if I'm somebody with that, you're guaranteeing me, guaranteeing me over five years of, you're going to guarantee me six months of championship. And the thing is like, you would something like that. People will say, Oh, you know, that's not how they can, you know, the WWE will never sign that. That's cool. The that's problem the is, thing though. The problem is like, I would go to AEW if I was Kevin Owens and sign a standard wrestling agreement because AEW seems to be treating their people right. WWE here's, has no trust at this point. Here's the thing. AEW is WCW in 1995. WWE is WWF in 1995, and Kevin Owens is Kevin Nash. Yeah, but and there is Scott one major Hall. difference. There's one major difference, though. Tony Khan is much smarter than Eric Bischoff. I'll agree 100. percent Maybe not. Maybe not as smart wrestling wise, obviously, but business wise. One hundred percent. I will say that Tony is as smart as Eric wrestling wise, if not smarter. He knows more of the history. He knows he may not be as Fair. talented a booker, but let's not forget most of the booking yeah. for WCW, especially during its peak, was Kevin Sullivan, yeah. not right Eric Bischoff. So anyway, but with that being said, we've kind of talked for a little while. We've got other things that we need to go do, and you have other podcasts that you need to go listen to. Specifically, you need to go check out our friends that we mentioned earlier in the show, Rogues Cast Radio. Uh, check them out as they discuss all things nerdy, film, uh, anything and everything that they can come up with. They've talked about some off-the-wall stuff. Yep, And, of course, silence your cell phones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another group of friends of ours, they talk about movies, uh, TV shows, that kind of stuff mostly uh, every week. 
and you also need to go check out one of our friends over at Rogues Cast Radio, Jody. He does another podcast by himself, Fearology. Yep, it's available. So, it's only available on Anchor. I think it's available uh, elsewhere. Is it? Uh, from what it, what he mentioned. Okay, cool. Um, well, so it, I think it's available, it's available in a couple elsewhere. other places. But go fantastic. check out Jody. Yeah, fantastic. Go check out Jody. Go check out Fearology. It's a great podcast where he dives into the history of horror films. Um, and of course, then in the non-podcasting in- environments, uh, we would like to thank McNarb Gaming for allowing us this space to record. And come on down, get a board game, get some magic cards, get get some D and D stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, chill and play your games with your friends. Any of that kind of fun stuff, you can get it here at McNarb Gaming. And Christmas is coming up. You know that your family's coming in town. You know that you're going to need to have something to help you get through that. So go check out our friends over at Big Dog Liquor. They have all of the liquor and wine that you could want or need. And if they don't have it, ask him. He can probably get it for you. So go check them out. He's got lots of sales going on, the military discounts, some senior discounts. Go holiday, check them out. Holiday, holiday gift, gift sets. Yeah, absolutely. Check them out. And so I, I guess with that, cheers. cheers.